Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the number one podcast for Airbnb hosts and short-term rental professionals. You're listening to an episode of The Host Show. I am your host, Jasper Rivers, and we release a new episode of this show every single Monday. Now, in these episodes, I interview Airbnb hosts from all around the world to share their stories and provide tips and tricks on how to get started and be successful as an Airbnb host. Now, this episode is brought to you by Legends X, our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program that's designed to help you scale your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations, which frees up time so you can become the CEO of your business instead of the manager. Focus on high-level tasks that really move the needle and allow you to grow. So for more information about Legends X and how to join, visit strlegends.com slash X. We we are starting our next class in a few weeks' time. So if you want to grow your business, then uh, go ahead and apply. Uh, We'll get on a call with you to see if the program is the right fit for you. And if so, we'll enroll you in our next class that starts February 28th. So check out strlegends.com slash X. Now let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy the show. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 498 of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, we are talking about a bit of a different topic than we normally do. We are talking about how you can start your own cleaning franchise and specializing in the vacation rental. Uh, in cleaning vacation rentals, because there's a big opportunity in that space. As we all know, it's really hard to find cleaners. So some hosts in our community uh, have reached out to me and they say, hey, I, I would actually like to start my own cleaning company and specialize in vacation rentals because I think there's a massive demand and opportunity there. So I have on the show today, Mr. Neil Parekh. He's the CEO and founder of Made This, and he's actually recently launched a, a model where people can join his uh, his company as a as a cleaning franchise and and focus on vacation rentals so we're going to learn all about how that works and uh and why that's a great opportunity so neil welcome to the show thanks jasper thanks for having me and i was funny i was looking at when we spoke last because we were on the podcast together and it was five years ago 2017 isn't that crazy wow yeah five years ago damn that uh time flies seriously seriously but i'm excited (laughs) to be back but thanks for having me yeah, absolutely. No, I've, I'm I'm really excited to chat about this um, for several reasons. Number one, my girlfriend is actually kind of a general, virtual general manager of a cl- cleaning company out of Florida. Uh, mm. And as we both work remotely, like I hear everything she does from like talking to the clients, yeah. managing the cleaners, and it's every single day. I, from what I hear, I'm thinking, wow, like you know, the, it, it's really hard to find good cleaners. Like she spends 50% of her time, like doing interviews with cleaners and stuff. And they don't specialize in vacation rentals, but, but just like hearing that. Uh, and, and also from, from my own experience and hearing from all the hosts in our community and legends X and our mastermind, et cetera. It's, it seems a, like a major opportunity, especially right now to, to find qualified cleaners. And a lot of people are really looking to either, yeah, start their own, hire their full-time cleaners in-house or, or start their own cleaning company, actually. So I'm excited to learn about this uh, opportunity that you're uh, that you're offering now. 
Um, but before we get into that, uh, give us a quick background on on uh, Matis, your your first company. Yeah, so uh, the company's called Matis, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S. I started it in 2013, so it's quite a long time ago. Uh, it was like a side hustle while I was working in finance. I uh, did it for a couple of years part-time, then went full-time in 2015 and started traveling. So I booked a one-way flight to Colombia and just started traveling around while building Matis. The benefit of that in hindsight was that I became really, really systemized with what we're doing. Right. You, if you're traveling, you're not actually there. You have to be highly, highly systemized. So documented a lot of the processes to be able to run the business completely remotely. So now our team is around the world in terms of operations. Cleaners are, of course, local. And a couple of years ago, decided to start franchising it out. So we are based in uh, California. We cover Los Angeles and San Francisco with our corporate operations. Now people could buy a made this franchise and pretty much copy everything we've done into their own market around the nation. The benefit of that is, um, we, well, we're the first and only Airbnb cleaning franchise that exists, specialized in both residential as well as Airbnb. But if you look at a lot of the franchises out there in the cleaning space, they're kind of old school, you know, like Molly Maids, Mary Maids, been around since the 70s and 80s. And vacation rentals are a relatively new phenomenon in, in comparison with a lot of different things. Like when I started in 2013, 2014, that's when people started to really get into the short-term rental game. And just remember, people used to like house hack. Lease a place, sublease it, make the spread, do it a bunch of times, get in trouble from your landlord. That's just kind of how it was back then, right? And that's when we started, uh, just by coincidence, started in in um, the cleaning industry and started to get calls from people who needed this. Now, the industry since then has become so much more formalized. Private equity funds getting in the short-term rental game. People like yourself, we're teaching other people how to get into it. It's just such a growing, fast-growing niche. Um, I think the vacation rental industry is growing by like 10% year over year. Uh, now, which and it's a mature industry and it's still growing that fast. Is like it's kind of wild. So yeah, at least um, the opportunity which we present to franchisees and what they're taking advantage of is a lot of people are getting into this game. Same as the gold rush, you sell shovels to the gold miners and help them fulfill what they're doing, and it's just a naturally growing industry. And everyone could kind of play in the ecosystem. So that that's a little bit about the, about the franchise system. Yeah, and you know, I, w- I was reading a report uh, last week. There was a conference called DARM. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Mm, um, I have not. But, uh, the, I saw a presentation that AirDNA did um, at the Darm, and, and they, uh, AirDNA always comes out with these reports on like what they expect in terms of like the growth and the current state of the short-term rental industry. And uh, you know they are projecting that 2022, but also 2023, 2024, um, the industry is going to keep growing because there's such a there's such a powerful fundamentals that even even if we see economic slowdown, um, they still expect the the vacation rental industry to to keep growing. So, um, I believe it. Yeah, I mean it's you know we're we're seeing that all across the board in terms of you know the the amount of money that's flowing into the space, um, you know the trends of like remote working and being able to be more flexible when you're traveling. You mentioned you you know you were you were pretty much like a digital nomad for a while. So, so was mm-hmm. I. I think that lifestyle mm-hmm. is getting a lot of, gaining a lot in, in popularity. Um, also, I love that you're like systemized. Like we, we, we are the same, like uh, our team at Overdone Success is completely remote. Um, mm. And, uh, and one of the things that we are known for and that we teach in LightsX is systemize, systems, creating systems for everything. Right. And, um, and so, and also I was going to mention, you know, I, I watched that movie, The Founder of McDonald's. Have you watched it? I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it yet, though. Dude, you got to see that movie. Um, it's it's so cool. Um, you know, obviously, I'm not a fan of 
of the food that Barcelona of uh, Barcelona McDonald's creates, mm. but the the way that they systemize their business and turn it into a franchise and how that helped McDonald's become like the number one restaurant company in the world. Um, that I find very fascinating is the amount of detail that they put into their system of like exactly knowing how to cook that hamburger, the amount of seconds that the fries go into the fryer, the exact temperature, how long the, yeah. the burger patties, you know, are, are way are, are lying out before they have to be tossed away because they lose the moisture. Like everything was planned out to the detail. Um, and it sounds like, you know, so I'm thinking you're, you're saying cleaning franchise. So I'm thinking of McDonald's, but then for cleaning companies. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that like McDonald's is literally the prototype of like a franchise franchise. You know what I mean? Like that's the OG franchise. That's the one everyone knows. And it's true. Like the close, the more systemized you get, the closer you are to building an asset as opposed to a job with a lot of business owners. Like a lot of times, if you're just running your own business and you're in the day to day, you have a job and maybe you have, maybe it's a business as well. But the in my mind, the goal is to transform that from a job or just a business into an asset. McDonald's is there. Someone buys in. It's very expensive to buy in, but they're buying an asset because it's so systemized. It's already running. That's the benefit of a franchise system is you're already starting off a little bit closer or a lot bit closer to already having an asset business as opposed to just a, a job that you run. I think that's the benefit yeah. of a franchise system is you're, there's a lot of years of trial and error that you don't have to go through. Have you read the book, The E-Myth? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I was just listen, yeah, I was listening to the audio book. Um, that's a book that I oft, I have these books that I often either read or listen to the audio book, even though I've you know done it multiple times. But uh, the lessons are so good, and he talks about the average like success rate of a of a new business, right? Is like very it's very low, right? Like within yeah. five years, like 90 percent of businesses are have failed and they they disappeared, right? But with the franchise model, that percentage is a lot lower. Uh, he's talking about like how only 30% of franchises um, disappear within the, I can't remember if it was two years or five years, but the point is yeah. franchises have a lot higher success rate. And just because, because of what you're talking about, right? The system's already there. You're plugging into something that's already proven to work um, mm -hmm. versus building everything from scratch. Yeah. I think that's also like, the more I'm in entrepreneurship and Jasper maybe feel the same way, the more I realize like anything I could do to pay and give my time leverage back is so worth it. Right. Like I think at the beginning I'd hustle like I could I could do this myself with anything. It could be like not just made this but something else. I'll figure out and do it myself. Now I'm like, I would rather just pay and speed up this process a lot more because you you realize it, over time you make way more money if you're able to speed up everything by a year, everything by two years. All of a sudden you're making way more cash flow. You just put up the money at the beginning. So, anyways, that that's uh that's kind of my thought process is a little bit more advancing in my entrepreneurial journey is just pay for coaches, pay for systems, pay for something, just kind of speed up the timeline a lot more. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, tell us a little bit more about this this franchise opportunity. Maybe we start with like what are what are like the challenges in in running a cleaning company and who are who are the people that are jumping into this like is this for people let's say you already have a job can you still do this or if you're, mm -hmm. if you're a house with a couple <clears throat> units like who is it for and what what are some of the challenges yeah it's a fantastic question i think um let me start with who it's for and i'll go into the challenges who it's for is pretty much uh, anyone who understands that there's a big opportunity here you don't need for this specific model you don't need to be in it full time 
I would say at least think about it as a minimum a part-time job. Hopefully, you're able to hire out a lot of the operations talent rather quickly. So it's not going to devote a crazy amount of time. But like think about it, beginning at least 20 hours a week is kind of what you'd be devoting to it in order to actually get it going. And then hopefully over time, scaling it down. So the people who are in the franchise system right now are a variety of people. Most people start and they already have a full-time job. And then you're doing this on the side with the goal to eventually transition out. We had a lot of people inquiring who have Airbnbs. And this is a fantastic way to supplement what they're doing on two sides. One, um, with their own units, right? They have the cleaners so they could service their own units. But the other part, if they're property managers, is anytime they get a cleaning property, uh, cleaning property, uh, like a new Airbnb they clean, now they could upsell them on property management services. So it's very circular and it works mm-hmm. both ways. Um, we also do residential cleaning, right? And that's what we have the franchisees focus on is residential. So it also protects some seasonality as well. Like it, let's say it's low season, but you have residential. That helps kind of even things out as well. So I think there's a lot of people it is a good fit for. Typically, who it's not a good fit for are people who are cleaners themselves. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's not the right model for that. It'd be for people who want to manage things remotely, understand the opportunities, scale, but not for people who are super in the weeds and like doing the cleanings themselves. I know there's a lot of franchise models like that. This isn't probably one of those. Mm, um, yeah, Jasper, to your other point of like things you should be considering or, or like kind of worries, I guess. Um, I'd say knowing that you're getting into a home service business and a people business, right? And this is not just for made this, but any home service business, you're dealing with labor. And I think everyone here, who especially who's already hosting, knows that people are unpredictable. You have terrible guests. You have things which go wrong. And that's just what happens when you're dealing with people. And this business is people, meaning the cleaners are the ones who are going to the job site. Um, it can be very difficult. If a cleaner calls out last minute, there's a same day check-in, what are you going to do? Right. And now if you're running a cleaning business, that's your job. You've promised that you're going to be there. You better get another cleaner over there if there's a same day check-in for uh, one of your customers. So the pressure can be there to execute of what you're doing and you can't control people that much. Right. It's difficult to do that. I'd say that's the biggest, the hardest part. And there's systems that we could put in the place to help mitigate that. You making sure you have enough cleaners, making sure you have backup systems, things like that. Nothing's foolproof though, because you're always dealing with people. Right, and you're dealing mm-hmm. with blue collar people at that. So I think that is definitely the toughest part of the business. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned uh, some synergies, right, between r- being a an a vacation rental property manager and running a cleaning company. Like those, mm-hmm. those two go really well together. Because as you you mentioned a couple of things. Number one is um, you need cleaners anyway, right? So regardless if you Save have your cost. own cleaning company, yeah, you you have to. You're either dealing with a third party cleaning company. Mm-hmm. Or you have your own in-house cleaners, or you have contractors that you find through Femtag or your, you know, whatever other service, right? So you need the point is like you need to have clean some sort of cleaning service for your own properties, especially mm-hmm. if you're a property manager, you have like 10, 15, 20, 25 units. You know, that's you know, that's a big part of your business, really. Is, is the cleaning side, right? The rest right. is like, so that, that's oftentimes the most challenging, you know, guest communication and, and, you know, creating the listings, getting the bookings is, is usually the, the least challenging part. Um, it's the cleaning management that often is, is a big uh, bottleneck. So that's one thing, right? Um, number two, you mentioned people business, like mm-hmm. as an Airbnb host, we're already in the people business, right? So we already, we already we know it. how how to deal with people we have to deal with our guests right we already have to deal with our own cleaners too um 
And then lastly, what you said is it's like the, um, the differentiation, right? It's like where in the slow season, if your Airbnbs aren't, aren't doing that great, um, you know, your, your cleaning business might be doing really well. So there's, are those yeah. kind of like the free benefits that you see for the combination? I think, of- I think, I think you absolutely nailed it. And, um, I think a big thing to mention, at least for the audience that you're speaking to here, is there's so many synergies where it's not like you're learning a brand new business. You're already coordinating cleanings. Might as well make a profit off of it as well, right? You're already doing this stuff. So it's not like a crazy learning curve. If there's a Venn diagram, it overlaps quite a bit with the property management business or the Airbnb rental business. There's just a large overlap because you, like you said, you're dealing with people, you're already dealing in the same industry. You already have to coordinate these things anyways. It just makes a lot of sense. So I think a lot of the growth learning curves, a lot of franchisees have to go through. I don't think vacation rental hosts have to go through them as much. And yeah, to your point, uh, it also smooths out a lot of things with seasonality, depending on what market you're in, right? If yeah, there is seasonality. Sure. So now let's talk about the challenges. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like, you know, I'm sure people are listening to this and they're thinking, well, I'm already I'm already kind of overwhelmed, like managing my, my Airbnbs. Now I have to, you know, start building a whole secondary business yep. on the side that uh, that might sound a little daunting to a lot of people. Um, so, what, yeah, what's your experience with uh, people that have already started these franchises and what, what are some challenges that, that come up and how to overcome them? I'll, I'll tell you the truth. 90% of the challenges <clears throat> are around the labor, right? Like you said, it's not tough to find customers. And like the way we work is, at least for the Airbnb side, we could sink into the Airbnb iCal or VRBO iCal or any of these iCals. And when hosts hear that compared to the normal cleaners, they text and say, hey, are you coming tomorrow? They love it. They sell cycle so easy because they want automation. Every host wants automation. They want the reports automatically. They want cleaners to use tech, but individual cleaners don't know how to do that. So if you have a company in the middle, it makes so much sense. But the hardest parts are going to be around, number one, finding labor and um, making sure that labor does what they say they're going to do. And the thing with, um, here's the tough part with, I'll give an example of Airbnbs versus residential. Residential homes, let's say I have my home over here, the cleaner cleans it, forgets to take out the trash. It's okay, just my home. They forgot to take it out under my desk and that's okay. On the Airbnb side, the cleaner cannot forget to take out the trash because the guests might complain, the homeowner's going to get mad, the homeowner's going to get mad at the cleaning company. The pressure's kind of higher, right? The stakes are kind of higher based off of that. Uh, so because of that, most cleaning companies, if you look at it, they don't take Airbnbs because they don't want that pressure, right? They don't. Um, that's the tough part with this business and especially this niche market is that you need to be able to execute this well. And a lot of what we teach is don't take every Airbnb customer. Not every Airbnb customer is going to be a fit for being a customer of made this. Probably one in three. If you're onboarding more than one in three, you're going to get what we call psycho Sanders in the system. Think about like the super host who lives in the unit, lives next door, wants to double check everything. Like folds everything in roses on the bed. Incredible guest experience. Very tough for her to ever outsource the cleaning to you, right? It's going to be extremely difficult. So those types of people aren't going to be a good fit. The problem is you're going to have to deal with a lot of those people and get them in your system, get them out of your system as well. So I'd say the tough part is like uh, the stakes are higher for an industry like short-term rentals. And on top of that, it's very hard to control people naturally because of just human nature. Um, those are going to be the toughest parts. It's always, always around the cleaners and the product you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like when I listen to my, my girlfriend, you know, managing this cleaning company, that's one thing that I realized is, you know, they don't take on vacation rentals for the very reason that you just yep. said, I think, 
And uh, when I listen to all the complaints that she's getting from her clients, you know, and, and like you said, sometimes they're they're small things, but every time I listen to that, I'm thinking, okay, if that was an Airbnb, like that that'd be a major issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hear her talking to the client, and the client's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's not, not a big deal, this and that, you know. And I'm thinking, like, not a big deal, man. Like, this was my Airbnb. Like, this this be that's in our world, that's a major screw up. You know, that's yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that's that's funny that you mentioned that. Um, how do you, what, what kind of systems do you have to keep your the cleaners accountable? I think that's one of the biggest challenges as well when it comes to cleaning. We we tried everything, like everything to, to keep them accountable and have them doing it. Uh, I think the best bet for us, and look, we're working with a lot of cleaners, a lot of customers. And we've tried things from like systemizing checklists, making sure every cleaner knows exactly what to do in the Airbnb. What's worked the best is simply having the same cleaner on the same property and that cleaner has bought into it from the beginning. That's it. That's all you need. Because the problem is when you switch out cleaners, um, they don't spot stuff which someone else might spot and it gets missed. They don't, they don't. They forget that, oh, there's a hidden trash can under the desk over here. I should probably go check it, right? Like all of the nuances of a home. So the best, the best product by far is if you find from the first couple cleanings somewhere where there's a good cleaner match with the property and just keep that cleaner on it. Um, that's typically the best way to systemize it. And it's kind of crazy to say like, like, it's almost like a no duh, of course, that's what you do. Uh, but I, I promise you, we've tried everything like, hey, here's a checklist for all cleaners. So if, even if you swap out the cleaners, it's totally fine. None of that is as good as just uh, making sure your cleaner's happy. So making sure your cleaner stays with you and making sure your cleaner stays on the property and making sure the cleaner you onboard is one who is agreeable, right? Like Airbnbs and short-term rentals, they happen on random days. If a cleaner says, I only want to work Tuesday and Thursday at this time to this time, they probably shouldn't be on an Airbnb because these are very sporadic. But there's some cleaners who love the recurring revenue coming in for them and who just want to take care of a property. They love that there's no one in the unit, honestly. So a lot of cleaners ask, like, I want to do Airbnbs because no one bugs them, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as yeah. you find a good cleaner who likes that and who you can match to a property and just wants to take ownership over that property, then you could hold them accountable to it because they're the only ones in there. They can't blame anyone else for something missed. It's you're you're literally the only one cleaning it. So if something's missed, clearly it's on you. Um, so that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I found as well um, is if you have the same person cleaning the unit over and over, the, they generally do a really good job. And that's why it's yeah. so challenging to work with cleaning companies because every time mm. they send different people. You yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like the second best thing to do is like if if the cleaning company's highly systemized, they have checklists for everyone, everyone's trained on Airbnbs, that's great, but that's still like only the second best thing to do, which is crazy. Like the first best is dude, just say send the same cleaner ninety percent of the time. It can't happen hundred percent because people go on vacation and stuff like that. But if it's the same cleaner ninety percent of the time, that solves almost all issues. Yeah. Yeah, or if it's like even if it's like uh two or three cleaners who kinda alternate. Um, but still like they've, they've been at the home multiple times. Like, I think that's already like, you know, the 80, 20. Yeah. And what we found with cleaners is like, there's cleaners who like residential and there's cleaners who like Airbnb and there's very few who could do both. Well, Mm. like uh, after so many times we've done this, it's, they typically gravitate, maybe we'll have them start doing both and then they'll kind of gravitate towards mostly residential or mostly Airbnb and it happens naturally. And over the course of nine years doing this, it's so funny how like very rarely do you find someone who could do both. Why I'm saying this is like if you're recruiting for someone who 
only likes residential and trying to retrofit them into Airbnbs, it's going to be tough for them, right? People just, they either love it or they don't like it. It, it, Cleaners fall into one or two categories in general. So you probably do want to find someone who likes short-term rentals. Typically what they like about it, honestly, is high high frequency. Um, So a lot of recurring revenue. They like that there's no one in there to tell them what to do so they could get in and get out quickly. And they like that... um, they are the ones who clean it beforehand. So they know, oh, it's going to be pretty clean for the next one already. That's what they value. The majority of cleaners would prefer just residential. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. So you need to find someone who's who likes those aspects and wants to do short-term rentals. Yeah. And that brings me into the next topic I wanted to go into is finding the cleaners. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult right now, especially, I mean, you look at the prices too. Like my the company my girlfriend works for, they, they're charging $59 per hour per cleaner you know it's Jeez. kind of blew my mind i need to raise our rates we're in la we charge less than that Jeez. so the million dollar question is like how do you how do you find high quality cleaners yep so there's no secret sauce to it that the thing is um there's a funnel and there's reps in it and i think that's what people don't understand it's i'm looking at the same places you're looking uh craigslist indeed zip recruiter El Clasificado for Spanish newspapers. Like there's tons of different places. What people don't realize is you don't just talk to someone and say, oh, hey, they sound great. Like, great, I found a cleaner. No way. The funnel is smaller than that. And we actually have a process for the franchisees, which we teach of like, hey, here's the funnel. And I'll explain the funnel in a second. But every step of the way has a percent hit rate. Meaning like for the people who you actually want to show up for the second call what percent actually show up 50 percent. oh that's good half of them showed up for the second call that's great people don't think that they think why can't i find good cleaners but they're not willing to go through the grunt work of actually pushing them through the funnel and at the bottom of the funnel spits out an actual good cleaner so that here's how we do it we find cleaners from whatever marketing ways we can like job postings anywhere they funnel into the system we do an initial call with them not all of them are going to pick up the first call but the initial call is just a screening call I'm asking them five basic questions. Do you have a car? Do you have supplies? Are you legal to work here? Um, do you, uh, what experience do you have? And uh, the last one is, are you willing to do a background check? So five questions. If they qualify, they seem kind of interested. Say, hey, great, I'm going to schedule the next call with you. It's going to be on this day and this day. I'll send you a reminder. This is a test. You want to see if they show up, right? Because if you have to chase them, how do you know they're going to show up for your short-term rental turnover? Mm-hmm. You don't really know. So we say, it's going to be at this time, this time, I'll send you reminders. I can make it stupidly easy for you. You have to show up. Half of them show up at best for that call. That's already funneled those people out. That's great. They have that video call. We have the video call with them and go through a little bit more depth, explain how it works. Uh, next, we'll either push them one of two ways, test cleaning, or we'll go straight to onboarding if we really like them. Test cleaning typically say, hey, um, how it's scheduled if you're an Airbnb host. Um, you schedule them for a day for a test cleaning, which does not have the same day check-in. So that way, if they flake, if they don't show up, you have a day gap in between. Send them to the test cleaning, see how they do. Of course, it's paid. Um, and uh, after that, you will know if they're a good fit or not. And you'll be surprised how people bomb out on the test cleaning, either the quality or they don't show up. That's another funnel. That's where you know they're going to be a good fit or not. Let's say someone does show up and uh, they do a good job on the test cleaning. You say, great, I found a cleaner. There's still another piece of the pie. Are they going to last through 10 cleanings? That's the other litmus test is, are they actually going to last over time? Realize you're dealing with a blue-collar labor force. These people think differently. Um, they want to get paid very quickly. Um, things hop, happen in their life oftentimes, so they don't really make it to the final uh, end game. For us, the end game is they're onboarded and they make it to 10 cleanings. That's what I consider a fully onboarded cleaner. 
So that's the final test of the funnel of what you go through to find it. Um, I'm mentioning this in depth because I think people say, uh, oh, I can't find any cleaners, but they're literally posting an Indeed ad calling people and not happy with the quality. That's how it is. Like you're not happy with the quality, but one in 10 might make it. You just have to really push them down a proper yeah. funnel. Yeah. 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 And the end of the day, it's a, it's a number game, right? You want to spread the, the net, how do you cast the net wide, mm -hmm. you know, get as many people into your funnel. And then, uh, the more people you come into the funnel, the more, the more qualified people you're going to end up finding. Right. Um, yep. so you mentioned some of the marketing channels, you know, when it comes to finding cleaners is, are, are there, what are some other channels? Like you mentioned, um, Craigslist and, um, this other site for, for Spanish speaking, but what other channels are there? Yeah. So, um, if you think about any, so indeed's a big one. Um, ZipRecruiter is another one. ZipRecruiter is more of an aggregator, meaning like they'll take your job and post it on indeed and a bunch of other websites. Um, Facebook, a lot of people have success in Facebook groups for your city. Go to your city, ask for cleaners and get recommendations. People run Facebook ads. Uh, it depends what state you're in. That can work, it cannot work. Um, actually running paid ads for recruitment there. Um, we occasionally, if we're recruiting in the Hispanic population, there's a, a newspaper called El Clasificado. That's a place you could post like print ads and get them to apply. So we'll do it mm -hmm. through that as well. And the thing is, sometimes like things don't work all the time. We'll run Indeed for two months and three months. And then after uh, after that amount of time, the cost for qualified lead from what we're tracking goes up like crazy. And we say, okay, this isn't working anymore. Let's let's put on pause. Maybe we've burned through all of this lead source. We'll go somewhere else and kind of come back in three months. So you kind of rotate all of them. Again, there's no silver bullet and it's very dependent on the market you're going to be in. For example, yeah. I know someone in Orlando in Florida crushing it only does Facebook ads for cleaner recruitment. Only Facebook ads. Uh, we don't do that in LA. We've tried Facebook ads and it wasn't really, it wasn't working well for us. Maybe we didn't have an optimized, but maybe it's also a city specific thing. So yeah. realize that in your market, it will differ uh, depending yeah. where you're where. And then some other, you know, some other channels is number one. I, I always say, always ask everybody, you know, right in your personal network. Mm. Um, that's how I found my first ever cleaner back in 2012. I uh, just asked all my friends like, Hey, do you know, do you know good cleaner? And then uh, yeah. this was a, a woman who actually worked at a hotel. Um, so she already knew. Oh, hospitality. Awesome. And yep. that brings me into the second, uh, second uh, out of the box tip, if you will. Uh, I don't personally have experience with this, but a lot of my guests on the podcast here have mentioned this is actually just staying at a hotel in your neighborhood or stay at other Airbnbs in your neighborhood. And then either in, at the hotels, like you just literally like talk to the cleaners and you say like, Hey, would you be interested, uh, you know, in making more money or what, what are you currently make? What, what do you make here at the hotel? And then, you, you know, tell them like, Hey, you could I, be making a bit more if you work for me. <laughs> man, I love that. And I, I've, I've envisioned doing that. I've actually never done it, but if you think all of them are making like $12 an hour, it's like, they're not making much money. So the fact that you could probably pay them so much more is going to go such a long way. I, that's something I really want to try out, Jasper. I've not done that yet. Uh, did, have really you done that so far? I guess. No, I, I, I mentioned that I, I've never done it myself, but um, but it's I guess it's not very scalable. So if you're, you know, if you're like a big short-term rental company, like, but if you're if you're a smaller um, company, you just need like one or two cleaners or something. It might be worth it. What I've also heard people do is um, go to like Airbnb meetups. And, and literally like stay at other Airbnbs in your area. Cause you'd be surprised. Like you talk to another house in your area and you say like, Hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a cleaner and you know, it's, they might, they might just say 
like, hey, my cleaner probably has like a few extra hours um, every a week if you want to, you know. I was about to ask you. I wonder if I was wondering if Airbnb hosts are more like secretive with who their cleaner is because it's so hard yeah. to find good cleaners that maybe like I don't want I don't want to tell you about my cleaner. Yeah. Is that how it is? Well, my experience, like that's what I thought initially when I started in 2012. Like there was not a lot of there was not a lot of community when it comes to Airbnb mm. house, right? So the, so I was like back in Amsterdam, I was going to meetups and stuff. And if and at first I was thinking like, oh, I bet everyone's gonna be like not want to give away any of their secrets and, and this and that. And what I found is like it, it was actually the opposite. Like everybody everybody wanted to help. Mm. You know? And and I was thinking about that and I I recognized, you know. Essentially, Airbnb is a sharing economy, right? So I think mm -hmm. the the people that are attracted to the sharing economy, I mean, you know, the, they like to share, right? Yeah. So they also like to share um, resources and advice and tips and, and and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I think I think that's I I, I guess most people are probably going to make that assumption, right? If you ask an Airbnb host in your neighborhood, like, hey. Um, I, I need to, I need an, uh, I'm looking for a cleaner. Do you know anybody like they're going to be like, well, don't touch my cleaners. <laughs> yeah. But you might be surprised. Um, cause they also, you know, let's say, let's say that cleaner only works for them, like maybe 10 hours a week or something, you know, and maybe that person is actually looking for additional work, right. They might yeah. be like, oh, I'm, I'm helping my, my cleaner. I'm helping them to find, you know, to find my work. So. Absolutely. I mean, the, the bottom line is like, you never, you don't, you know, you never know, like until you try. Right. And you never know. And you don't really need that many to get going. Like many times when franchises come and they think, okay, how many cleaners do I need? And I say, you need two to get going. You need one cleaner and you need a backup. Yeah. Two cleaners in your whole market. Like you could find that. Go ask yeah. other people at meetups. Even if nine out of the 10 say no, but one says yes. Awesome. Like yeah. now you have one, you have 50% of what you need to get started. It's, you really don't need that many. Yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of like two different strategies, right? The strategy that you mentioned is kind of casting that wide net, and, mm -hmm. and and just getting as many people as possible into your funnel, and then you know, out of a hundred people, there's going to be like you know maybe two or three that are a perfect fit, mm -hmm. or you do it the other way around where you're like, okay, who's the perfect person for this job, and where do I find that person, right? Yep. It's like at the Marriott, like the the cleaners at the Marriott, they're pretty probably pretty well trained, right? So let's stay at the Marriott. And then like, exactly, you know, let's, let's focus. It's sniper versus, uh, versus bazooka or yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. good analogy, but no, I like it. And like, also, if you think about it from like a pure numbers perspective of that sniper approach, um, I would happily pay 200, $300 for a cleaner easy, like any day of the week, because that cleaner for me would generate a lot more revenue for me. How much does it cost to stay at a Marriott? Two hundred, three hundred dollars, and I get to stay at the Marriott. Like, why not just do that as a, an expense and recruit that way? Like, not as scalable, but like you said, um, sometimes the sniper approach is actually much better. Yeah. Um, let's dive into the the actual franchise model and how it works and how people can mm -hmm. sign up, how people can find more information. So, can you explain a little bit about the process if someone's interested? Like, where can they go and how do we find out more information? Yeah, so you could check out Made This Franchise. You could go um, Made This, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S, franchise.com slash pad. Um, if you go there, uh, you'll be able to check out the franchise model. Uh, just letting you know cost, it's uh, 35000 for the initial buy-in. Um, and the uh, all-in cost, including like, you know, your legal fees, marketing stuff, is probably close to fifty, including that initial buy-in. 
Um, what that gets you is, you know, two months of training uh, part-time around your schedule. Uh, we do something like week one, uh, business modeling, um, week two, competitor analysis, finding out how to market, getting marketing avenues set up. So it's very systematic leading you to what we call grand launch. Um, and one thing we're going to do is a special offer, Jasper, for your community. Um, anyone who comes through madethisfranchise.com slash pad or mentions Jasper's name, uh, gets $3,000 on behalf of me that I was spend on your marketing for you. So just as a, a kind of an offer for your community um, for that as well. Awesome. And what what does the, the process look like? Is there an application? I'm assuming there's an application process that people will go through? Yeah, so you fill out the form online and you'll get uh, pinged with a calendar link and you're going to sign up for the calendar link and hop on an intro call. And that's where we'll make sure it's a good fit. And the franchise is not a good fit for everyone. And we'll tell you that ahead of time saying, hey, I don't think this is something you should do. Or maybe you'll decide it's not something you should do. After that, we go through what uh, I call the concept call or how to make money call, which is like a presentation of, hey, here's the business model industry opportunity. And then you go through diligence phase. And I think this is the phase where you'll know whether it's a good fit for you or not. I'll give you a blank financial model. I'll give you my financials and say, hey, fill this out and we'll work on it together. So you know exactly how much money you can make. And you analyze labor market, your territory. Um, and at that point, you will know very well whether this is something you want to do or not. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we kind of continue down more of like the checklist processes, legal and all that kind of stuff after that. The whole yeah. goal of the diligence process is to make sure it's the right fit, like before you sign anything, right? We, we don't want anyone who's going to join who has been sold into joining and it's not actually a good fit. Like it doesn't benefit anyone at all. So it's very much of a discovery process, I would say, mm -hmm. and a diligence process more than anything. Sure. Now, obviously, it's a big investment. You know, it's a big, uh, it's a big decision to start a, start mm -hmm. a new business. Um, do you have any like financing options? Like, for, if, what if people don't have that fifty k to invest? Yeah, so we're actually approved by the SBA since we're a franchise. Um, so we have direct tie-ins with the brokers at the SBA to get that money for you as well. Um, so that's definitely an option as well. And one thing I will say is like um, we're what's called a low-cost franchise. A lot of franchises are you know hundred to two hundred thousand. Um, and once you get started, it is a very lean model on purpose, right? Luckily, because I was traveling a ton, I figured out how to run it remotely, meaning overhead is very low. Most of your money after that initial fee goes towards marketing, getting cleaners, getting customers, onboarding them, maybe some uh, outsourced operations help if you need as well. Um, that's most of what the money goes towards. So after the initial onset, it's a pretty lean model as well. Interesting. Yeah. What's uh, I know you already have an, a, a bunch of people do, you know working on this franchise. Um, how much like what what are some estimates that you can provide in terms of like potential revenue or or profit? Yeah. So what I do for that is um, I literally give you my revenue, so you could see and have you fill out a model for year one, year two, year three. Um, the reason I'm saying that and not, hey, you're going to make this amount of revenue is franchising is actually regulated by the FTC. So I can't make something what's called an earnings claim saying, hey, in year one, right. you could expect this amount. However, we do disclose our franchisees revenue in our actual documents. So you get to see everything. I just can't make claims of you. Right. You definitely going to be able to make this amount of money. If that makes yeah, sense. You got to be careful with that stuff. <laughs> yeah, right. You're before recording you know me. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, before you know, it, you have like lawyers like knocking your door, like, "Hey, you said this." And it like, happen. damn it, Jasper, come on. <laughs> um, so I guess you know, if I want to find out, I'll just have to apply, right? You'd have to apply. <laughs> We'd hop on a call, exactly, and and then uh, you know, you'll be exactly. We'll get the information. <laughs> Well, here I live in Panama. Cleaners are like 
uh, 20, 30 bucks for an entire day here. So God. it's a different, you know, it's a different world out here, but, um, yeah, the model might not work well in other countries. I'll say that. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, any, any final thoughts before, before we wrap this up? No, honestly, like if, if you're interested or even considering it, just feel free to ping me and we could talk openly and see if it's a good fit or not. Uh, I do think for Airbnb hosts, this is kind of a layup. Like it just makes so much sense if you already understand this industry. At least for me, this were the first and only Airbnb cleaning branches that exist, both residential and Airbnb. There's tons of synergies for a lot of people. So if you're interested, madethisfranchise.com slash pad is the best place to go. Mention Jasper's name, get that $3,000. And yeah, for anyone listening, hopefully hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love if somebody who's listening now, if, if you sign up for this, like, let me know, because I, I would love to follow that journey. Because um, I would love to understand this, this, uh, this, this model. I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, but also, you know, I see, I see our program Legends X, I almost see it a little bit as a, it's not an actual franchise, you know what I mean? But we do aim to provide like almost like a business in a box blueprint with our playbooks mm -hmm. and the systems and stuff. So I'm really interested. Uh, yeah, really interested in this process. So if you do sign up, let me know. And uh, I'd love to uh, maybe chat with chat like in a couple of months or something and get your experience. So let me know if you, uh, if you want to sign right. up for, for this. And it's uh, again, it's uh, made this franchise.com says pad. You'll get three thousand dollars in uh, marketing at at spend. Is that that's right? Yep, isn't it? Correct. Awesome. Thank you so much, Neil. This uh, yeah, it was fun talking to you, and I'm um, ex excited to follow follow this uh, this this journey that you started with the franchise. Amazing. Thanks for having me on, Jasper. Absolutely, and thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll be back next week. Oh, first on Friday, I'll be back with Eric, but then next week on Monday is episode number 500 so we're gonna do something uh, a little bit different than we normally do of course a big milestone uh so yeah so uh we'll be back on friday and monday thanks for listening and see you next time thank you so much for listening to get paid for your pad the number one podcast for airbnb hosts and short rental professionals really hope you enjoyed the show and if you are looking to grow your Airbnb business, then we have a great opportunity for you because we just opened up enrollment for our next class of our 90-day short-term rental accelerator program, Legends X. The program is designed to help you scale your hosting business by getting you out of the daily operations so you can free up time and really become the CEO, the owner of your business instead of the person that's doing all the work in your business. So you can focus on high-level tasks that really move the, move the needle in your business and allow you to grow. So if that's interesting to you, then check out strlegends.com slash X. Uh, applications are now open. And when you apply for the program, we're going to get on a call with you to really figure out if it's the right fit for you. We don't want to just uh, enroll everybody into the program. We're really looking for the right people, people that we can bring the most value to. So we're only looking for 30 companies. Um, we're almost there already. Uh, so we do have a few spots left. Um, so if you are interested in growing your business, then uh, don't wait, just apply. That's really the best way to find out if, uh, if the program is the right fit for you. So go ahead, go to strlegends.com slash X to learn more about the program. And we look forward to seeing your application. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Get paid for
for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet.